Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. So in the second chapter of Acts in the New Testament, one of the hallmarks of the early church was that they met together for table fellowship. They ate together. And so as, uh, you know, we have, I don't know if you guys have noticed, if you've been here for a really long time, we keep focusing more and more on communion. Years ago, we did communion once, and it was grape juice and a cracker. And we've, we've kind of like just made that bigger. And so what's happened is uh, now we have communion every Sunday. We've added bitter herbs. We've added wine and bread to it. We also have a grape juice option. Um, but there's a sense that table fellowship, which was so important to Jesus, needs to become really more important to the church. And at least to this church, we have that sense. So this morning, we're really going to focus on communion. And I think that's pretty amazing. Um, we're going to start, though, with a video. It's called A Rule of Life. So go ahead and let's watch this together. I think of Jesus having a rule of life that has three parts to it. Prayer, hospitality, justice. Jesus practices different kinds of praying. We know he goes up into the wilderness and he stays alone for on a regular basis. We don't know exactly what he does there because he doesn't tell anyone and nobody's watching. But we get the clear uh, indication that he's practicing a contemplative type of prayer. He's listening to God's love for him. He's listening to God's, um, what it, God is calling him to do, to be. And so he comes out of those times of solitude, empowered and full of love and discernment. With all of that, he practices hospitality. He makes room in his life for all kinds of people, especially people that are not welcome in other people's lives. The, the tax collectors, the sick people, the unclean people, every kind of unclean you can think of, he makes room for. And he, in that space, of, that sort of broad open space where he makes room for people, it's possible for them to be transformed. They can receive God's love or they can reject it, but there's space there for them. So the prayer leads to the hospitality. And then out of these encounters with these people, Jesus um, brings healing and brings renewal and a new direction. And every time he does that, he's up against the, the systems of the powers and principalities in the systems. And so every act of Jesus healing and Jesus making all things new, becomes uh, an ex exercise in justice, God's justice. I think of God's justice being the same thing as God making all things new. That's how God does justice. He makes all things new. So when Jesus touches the woman with the issue of blood, for example, he's violating taboo. He's also, in a sense, pronouncing judgment on an unjust system of exclusion. He's touching her anyway. And it's that sort of thing. So in our lives as followers of Jesus, as we practice this contemplative stance, 
showing up, paying attention, cooperating with God and releasing the outcome. Uh, we, we gain the ability to hear God. We start opening space in our life for people that we normally wouldn't be interested in or even notice maybe. Even making space in our life for, for enemies somehow in our prayer and our practice. And out of this uh, relationship that's built because now we pray for people and now we have a relationship with them, we begin to hurt where they hurt and we begin to feel offended when they are offended. And so we find ourselves compelled by the love of God to get involved and to work for justice. So that's how these things cycle around. And then once you're involved in justice work, you're driven back to prayer because it's really hard. Right. <laughs> and so it's this ever-deepening cycle. And along the way, as you live this way, people see it and are, are hungry for whatever it is that's motivating you in life to be this kind of a person. It's got a good fragrance. Yes, and that's how people are evangelized. It's how we live. It's, this holy life has a byproduct of evangelism. I thought evangelism was like making policy. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the ways that we practice hospitality is when we come to the table together here. Um, uh, I, I've uh, shared it just a little bit, but I do want to talk just a little bit more about the fact that we don't have a teaching team this morning, but we do, because we're all teachers. And we all have something to offer, and we all have something to share about who Jesus is. And so we're going to have some readers this morning read some scripture. We're going to do it contemplatively in a Lectio Divina kind of a style where you're going to hear the scripture and you're going to be able to take it into your heart, your mind, your body, and then respond to that, hopefully. And then there's some questions. And if you're not finding that you have any questions, come forward because they're all around. Maybe, Jesse, you could pass some out to those back rows that maybe don't have any of those uh, questions to consider. So we're going to have three readers come up. The reader is going to read the scripture that they're in charge of twice. And that's when you are going to be able to just absorb that scripture. That's when it needs or wants or can, if you let it, come in to who you are. This is the place where God is knocking. I have these things that I wrote down, and I want you to hear what they say. This is where God is knocking on you and saying, will you listen, will you hear? And then you guys will have those printed out cards with the scripture. And then there's two questions. And the questions are, what do you sense God speaking to you in this passage? And then the second question is, what do you imagine God is speaking to our community? In this passage because we have a theory here that God Father Son and Holy Spirit is the God of community and we are not on our own as Christians then the reader is going to leave two minutes of pause and then they're going to read their text for the very last time for the third time 
So yeah, and then uh, what they're going to do is they're going to announce the next reader. And then at the end of that, I'll come up and I will uh, invite us all into the posture of coming to the table together. And our first reader this morning is Jesse Kleekamp. So come on up, Jesse. Thanks, Barb. And good morning, church. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Jesse Kleekamp, and I've called this church home for 10 years. That feels impossible. Um, but I moved to Long Beach with a group of seven college friends. We all were looking for a way to be anchored in our postgraduate life. Um, and four of us still call Long Beach home. <laughs> the other three of us are on vacation today. Um, but I have had the honor of serving in a lot of different capacities at this church um, and currently serve as one of our deacons. Shameless plug for the hospitality team. If you can turn on air conditioning or lights, you too could be a member of the deacon team. So chances are all of you can do that. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. So, but this morning, as Barb said, we have the chance to slow down a little bit to like deeply consider these elements of communion and to think about what God is speaking to each of us in these elements. I know for me, there's only like that, you know, 30 seconds where you're next in line, where you're really deeply thinking about the elements. So I'm thankful for the chance for us to slow down, to deeply presence ourselves in the words of Jesus and in this practice. So today I get to help us with the first reflection as we think about the bitterness of sin and death. As Barb said, I'll read this passage twice, give us some time to deeply reflect, and then a third time as we marinate in it. So Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. I'll read it again. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So go ahead and take a couple minutes, reflect on the questions on the sheet that you have. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we are by nature deserving of wrath. I'd like to bring our next reader up, Skylar, who will be leading us in the next reflection. Thank you. Good morning, church. My name is Skylar Dorsett. Uh, most Sundays, thank you, you'll find me running back up for my wife, Miss Mary, um, who is running solo this morning, so I can be here. Uh, we, when I think of how long I've been at LBSCF, I have to think of how old my middle son is, because he was a baby. So uh, it's been 17 years. And uh, 
yeah, we the first time we came, um, Mary and I were were pretty young um, couple, and uh, we felt at home right away. And uh, it's been it's a very different church than it was today then, but it's uh, it still feels that way every time we come. Um, so we're very thankful to to be here. Um, if we're shamelessly plugging ministries this morning, children's ministry could use some volunteers. We would be happy to have you. Um, it's it's my privilege uh, to to get to to love your kids alongside Mary each each Sunday. Um, so with that, um, we will turn to our second uh, reflection. So this um, we'll be looking at how it relates to uh, the. Um, Sorry, I lost my place. The second element of our communion, uh, his body broken for you and his blood poured out for you. So I will read the scripture twice, and then we'll take a couple minutes to reflect on it. So this is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in us, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So we can take a couple minutes to reflect, and then I'll come back and read it one more time. And then one more time, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to turn it over to our last reader, Lila. Good morning, church. So my name is Lila. Oh, some of you call me Delilah, but if your family, if we go to this church together, your family, call me Lila. Um, it's been, what, four years for us, dear? About four years since we started coming to LBCF and... Um, we came here with wounds and took a year to just sit in the balm, the healing, and it was so good. Um, but to be able to serve and to give back is where we felt most like we were at home um, because we were now part of the community. Um, and so as we give our plugs, they're not shameless, they're meaningful and they're full of intent and they're coming from a good place. We invite you to share your gifts 
Um, there is a place for everyone here at LBCF. Doesn't matter who you are, where, where you come from, what color your skin is, what language you speak. We will find a place for you, so please join us. As we reflected on the first two verses, the bitterness of sin and death, then the cup and the bread, now I'd like to invite you um, to reflect on new life. Join with me as I read Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. And this time I ask you to plant both feet on the ground. Sit up. Breathe it in. For me, when, when I need to feel grounded and take in the word, the word, well, for us, we say Yahweh, even though that's not the, the proper spelling there are no um, vowels in the word Yahweh, but when the word Yahweh is really just a, an act of breathing in God's name. So breathe in the scripture with me. Ephesians four seventeen through 24. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have gone, given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness." Breathe that in. Let's read that one more time. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Take a moment to reflect on the two questions. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to having hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, 
They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of the life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, as we move into a time at the table, I'm wondering if uh, any one of the readers has some thoughts about the passage they read, because I know that the three of you have been contemplating these scriptures, not just reading them. So is there anything, Jesse, that you'd like to share? Can I invite you up to do that? No pressure at all. This is not in their script. I guess where my head is currently sitting is in that last passage, the word of like futility of, of life um, and how we're invited into this deep trust that it's not about how much I strive or do, like how much I can keep up with my life. Like, I don't know about all of you, but my life is very packed and very busy um, and with a lot of demands to be more or to like try to be more. Um, but what a beautiful invitation, both through the earlier passage that we read um, and these passages together to simply acknowledge that I've already arrived, like where the X marks the spot is one of the things our old pastor, Pastor Brandon, used to say. It wasn't about striving to that next stop, but imagining or accepting that I am fully adopted in this place and yet called to live into a new way of being myself. So I think I'm meditating on the many ways that my striving and my anxiety is futile in my life. Thanks, Jesse. Skylar? I think what came for me is the, uh, in, the in the last reading, um, as I thought just about the, uh, the thoughts of our dying to our old self and being born and made new each day and how every day there's endless opportunities and temptations to to go back to to being you know um my old self and um and that sometimes many times i i do and i i make choices and um but i know that uh, god is calling me to something better each day and that uh, every day I wake up and it's a new day and uh, that he's he's there waiting for me yeah I've kind of um, along the same lines Skylar um, as I was reflecting on these scriptures this week um, I was thinking about just our human beings our bodies your cells are constantly being renewed so you're you're a new person like we're we're being made new physically and that was by design you know that god intended that fully intended that um and yes he knew that sin was going to exist and here we are we experience the bitterness of sin and 
you know, temptations and things of that nature. And yet we're invited, all of us are invited to the table to partake and to receive and be made new. So the opportunity to try again and to get up, um, there's just so much grace and beauty in that. And that for me, um, breathing that in was uh, healing. And it's interesting this morning as we were preparing for uh, the service um, and Barb shared about the balm of Gilead, the balm, the healing balm of God is just um, healing. <laughs> it's refreshing and it, it feels good to be in that. So that's kind of where I've been this week. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, is there anyone who, as you were reflecting on these passages, there's that thing that I talked about earlier was rising up in you? I want to invite you to come and share. Is anybody up for that? I mean, no pressure at all here, because if you're not, I have lots of other things to say. But is there anyone? Gabby, come on. For me, this was really, really healing, because I came in feeling very insufficient. And um, the second scripture, the thing that I got from that was that I got this picture of just this shriveled plant, and that's how I kind of felt. Um, but it talked about his grace, and the grace is water that, um, to my shriveled spirit. And this water gives beyond me. So that's our community. It fills others and washes in corners and gives lush life in places we don't even know. Um, so I felt so much hope. Um, and the next scripture when it was talking about, you know, our thoughts and how we are old in our thoughts and that person, and it just seems like so overwhelming to me to overcome my my the stuff that goes on in my brain is it's not a good place sometimes <laughs> um but god was sharing with me that um that he makes us new um let me read what wrote okay i'm to let go of the strife in my brain because my thinking is um i can't read my writing anyways so um he has changed our he changed our our brain he we take on the the mind of Christ when we receive him and um we get to let go of those old ha it's like a whole like we have these ruts these ways of thinking our neurotransmitters work a certain way we, they literally have a way of um like it's like it's like a wagon rut when the people came west the um wagons could follow the same rut the same way because they had, there were so many wagons that went through that they, they formed a rut and they could, they could make their way west and not get lost. But our brains do that in ways that, aren't, that lead us not into healthy or good places. And um, God can over, God come overcome that. So he heals us. And, um, God um, has taught us new and it is part of me now and it is solid ground. Old habits can be overcome because he's overcome the world. And um, we just need to stay open to Jesus. And, and earlier in that um, scripture, it talked about our heart, you know, because our hearts became hardened. You know, the Gentiles' hearts became hardened. 
but if we start to think about the Lord and we start to look on him, um, that's where our hearts will be softened. Anybody else? Catherine. So I was reminded of a trip I took last year to Sedona. And uh, it's one of the like 10 or 12 dark cities in the US, which means that at night, um, they're only allowed to emit so much electricity and so much light. And it means that the stars are amazingly bright. And um, I was reminded of that as w we were going through these passages, how, um, how hard it is, how I resist sitting and acknowledging my sin. How I actually, I can talk about it, but I keep my life really busy. And how, how it's not, uh, the stars are so much brighter when I sit and acknowledge the reality of darkness, whether it's about myself or the world at large, that Jesus and the mercy is so beautiful when we're in touch against the backdrop of the reality of our knowledge of the darkness and that really light can't exist without darkness, right? Um, and so to me, um, even that experience of being in Sedona, we drove to the outskirts at night and um, turned off our headlights. And the sky just lit up like craziness. I mean, I just couldn't even, I don't know the last time I saw, some of you probably go camping, I don't. Um, so <laughs> this was like the closest to nature I've been in a long time. And uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. And I was thinking, yeah, most of the time, when I, look, when I look up at the sky, I see the moon, and that's it, and maybe an airplane coming in, and how I long to be able to see the stars in all of their magnificence, and I long to be able to know the Lord's um, mercy and all of the beauty and the magnificence. So. Okay, last chance. Anybody else have anything they'd like to share about what that meant to you? Vanessa. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think what came up for me was sort of a, a through line with all of the passages um, was just that uh, abundant life is in Christ and God is motivated by love right, because of his great love for us. Um, and so that love motivates his, his reaching towards us, right, his mercy, his grace. Um, and then we get to participate in a new life that isn't futile, that isn't selfish, um, but it's purposeful. And, and we get to be like God in being motivated by love. Okay, well then we're going to move into that scandalous time of table fellowship. This is the place where Jesus really got it from the Pharisees. Who have you invited to the table? You're wild and you're crazy, Jesus. You're inviting sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. And uh, I love these scriptures because it says, while we were in our sin, 
we were invited. We can actually add to that while we are in our sin. We continue to be invited. Because I, I often laugh at if the list of sins were posted on the door and I had to check them off, I couldn't, I couldn't walk in the church. I don't know about you, but that is so for me. I am such an imperfect human being, so loved by Jesus Christ, and he invites each and every one of us to the table. And so we're going to move into that time, and we're going to consider the bitterness of sin and death through the bitter herbs, through dipping that parsley in the salt water and putting it in our mouths, and then we're going to, um, yeah, we're going to move into the new life that we read about at the very beginning of our gathering in John chapter 6, where Jesus says of himself, I am the bread of life. Eat me. Eat me. And in the taking in of Jesus, feel my love. Feel my mercy. Feel my grace. And then get up and go again, as someone so beautifully said. And so, yeah, well, those who are going to serve communion, come on up and the worship team is already in place, and um, Catherine and I are going to offer you bitter herbs. So.